You're listening to the Hog Beat Hour with Andrew Hutchinson, Alex Trader, and Mason Choate on ESPN Arkansas on HitThatLine.com. Now, here's your host, Mason Choate. Welcome to the Hog Beat Hour. I'm your host, Mason Choate, joined by managing editor of Hogbeat.com, Andrew Hutchinson, and recruiting expert at Hogbeat.com, Alex Trader. Um, guys, it was an incredibly busy Wednesday for Andrew Hutchinson, mostly because he did almost all of the work. That's what you get for being the boss. But uh, wow, a, a crazy day for Arkansas football, Arkansas basketball. And I mean, you can't even mention baseball because baseball is an afterthought at this point, even though it's in full swing. But Hutch, just take us through your Wednesday and just, I mean, how many drinks did you have last night? <laughs> Uh, I didn't have any, uh, I wish I had, I honestly fell asleep so early. I, I mean, I was so exhausted after that day. I mean, it started first thing. I mean, I dropped my daughter off at daycare and it was about eight o'clock. I just happened to peek down at my phone, uh, right before pulling into a gas station to get some gas. And I saw Clay Mosier has announced that he's moving on from the basketball team. I said, Oh, well, that's, that's noteworthy. So I, you know, got, got my gas parked there at the gas station and cranked out a story in the, the parking lot of a Walmart. Uh, and then from there, it was just off and running nonstop. There was something else, whether it be, you know, Anthony Ruta getting promoted, uh, Connor Vanover going in the portal, a couple of football players going in the portal, a couple of transfer basketball players committing to Arkansas. It just seemed like there was stuff going on non-stop it was really unfortunate too because I had a lot of stuff that I had planned to write you know football spring football related that I thought was going to be really good stuff and I didn't have time to do it it was just non-stop breaking news coverage so uh, probably one of the more eventful days on the Arkansas beat that I can remember in I guess it's been about 10 years now that I've been doing this uh, not very many days have had that much breaking news all at once it was it was pretty crazy Okay, so we'll lead off with the basketball news first. And so you mentioned Clay Mosier. Um, he is he's leaving the staff. Anthony Ruta promoted to assistant coach. And then you had Connor Vanover. He transferred out. Well, I mean, he entered the transfer portal, put it that way. And then you had the twins from Rhode Island commit. So, Hutch, I, I think as far as the coaching changes go, that's not something that we're really going to notice very much. Um, but you're going to notice that Vanover's not there. Of course, he didn't play a whole lot towards the end of last year. I mean, when was the last time Connor Vanover played a game this season? Do you remember? So I, I actually just looked this up to write that story. Luckily, the Vanover story is one I had prepped ahead of time, um, but he had actually played in mid-January. Uh, I think it was against South Carolina, maybe, and it was at home. And I, and I remember specifically after I looked it up what happened. He played for about two minutes in the first half of that game. Uh, Arkansas ended up, ended up winning pretty easily over South Carolina, but at the time they were only up by three whenever he went in. Uh, when he checked out two minutes later, they were down by two, so he had a minus five. And the last act of Connor Vanover in an Arkansas uniform was missing a dunk. He tried to dunk it and missed it. I don't know how that's possible when you're seven foot three, but he did. And I think I even remember – I, I'm pretty sure I remember mentioning in the game thread at that point, because I've always been a Connor Vanover apologist, I guess you could say, because I feel like he could have a niche role on a team. Uh, 
especially last year's team, like the the year two of under under Eric Musselman. Uh, but at that point, I was like, I just don't see how you could play Vanover again. And sure enough, I guess Eric Musselman agreed with me because he never saw the court again. You hate to see it. Like, I don't want to talk too bad about him because he seems like a really, really good kid. I remember uh, covering him whenever he was in high school. Uh, one of my favorite pictures I have is I interviewed him after an AAU game. And I, I think my wife was there with me. And I said, hey, take a picture of me interviewing Connor Vanover, please. Because he's like, I'm like standing like two steps up and he's still looking down at me because he's just so dang tall. Uh, but he's such a good kid. And he, even in his statement where he was announcing that he was transferring, he mentioned how it was a dream of his growing up in Arkansas to play for the Razorbacks. And that's always really cool to see a guy get to live out his dream. And it's unfortunate it didn't probably go as, as well as he had hoped. But uh, yeah, I wish him the best of luck wherever he ends up. I mean, I, I, lots of people are speculating maybe UCA is a landing spot because that's where I believe uh, his his older brother played and, and might be like a GA or something, maybe there or something. Uh, but if he goes somewhere like that, I feel like he could put up some really good numbers and have a, a really good, I don't know if he's going to use the COVID year or not or whatnot, but he has at least one or two years of eligibility left. I think he could have a really solid year or two at a place like that. Um, it just wasn't working out at Arkansas and you hate to see it, but you know, it opens up some spots for other guys. Yeah. And speaking of open spots for other guys, they did land the two twins from Rhode Island, the Mitchell twins. So you wrote a story about them. Um, I mean, they bring, they bring more height to Arkansas and that's kind of what they needed. They needed some, some taller guys, especially after this season when, you, you just felt like you could use one more big guy. And so for Arkansas, they bring in two in the form of these twins. And you got to feel like as far as Vanover, you know, you're replacing some height there, even though he didn't play much. But maybe this means that they're not feeling great about Jalen Williams come back or coming back. Or what do you think about that, Hutch? That was honestly my first reaction was like, oh, they're going to bring in, you know, because I when the twins first popped up in the portal, I was like, Oh, that's interesting. You know, I wonder if Eric Melsman like might like to do that. I mean, he did it with the Martin twins at Nevada and that seemed to work out. Okay. Uh, and these are guys that were former four-star recruits. They began their uh, careers at Maryland uh, before transferring to Rhode Island and having a pretty solid run uh, there with the Rams. Uh, but I wasn't sure if they would want, you know, a, a, a package deal per se. Um, and, uh, sure enough, they brought him in, you know, after already landing Brazil from uh, Missouri. So you got a couple of big, a uh, few big guys there. It makes me wonder if they aren't feeling confident about Jalen Williams, which really stinks because I think these guys are really solid players. And I think, you know, maybe even like a Brazil maybe has, you know, a higher ceiling, maybe. I, I hate saying that, but Jalen Williams, you just know what he's going to give you. And he's a proven commodity at Arkansas at this level. And it just, I think having I think Jalen Williams would make Arkansas in contention to be a preseason number one or you know preseason top three or four like we've seen some of these way too early polls come out. If you lose him in addition to not having JD Note, Audis Tony back, which is other you know big time news that broke since we last had uh, this podcast, um, that, that would be a significant blow to Arkansas. Uh, but it is good that you are bringing these guys in. Cause as you said, they, they probably did need another big guy, especially against a team like Duke in the elite eight. They really could have used, you know, one of these guys to, to help them. 
Uh, and so they, I guess Eric Musselman saw the problem and went out and tried to address it. The, the question that I have, and a lot of people are asking me, like, what's going to happen with Jalen Williams? Don't you think he would benefit from another year coming back to Arkansas? And the way I look at it is Jalen Williams had a great year this year. I mean, double doubles nearly every game for the second half of the season. His NCAA tournament was incredible, had a double double every game. And I look at it, and they're bringing in all this talent. You got the three McDonald's All-Americans. You got six total top 100 recruits, plus the transfers they're going to bring in. They probably got more transfers on the way. I don't know, one, two. I, I Honestly, it's hard for me to keep up with it. That's your job, Hutch, and JC's job. But I look at it, and I just keep thinking, like, for Jalen Williams – is it really going to benefit him another year coming back? Because is he going to be able to replicate what he did this year with the talent that they're going to have on the roster next year? Because I feel like it's going to be a jump up from what they had this year. So do you think he might have more of a limited role next year with all these pieces they're going to bring in? I don't think so. I think he would be kind of the centerpiece, honestly, if he came back. Uh, is he? I mean, plus you got to think he, he almost averaged a double-double last year. And that was because, and that was with him not make having his first double double until midway through the season. You feel like if he could play the way he did at the end of the year, at the beginning of next year, and then continually get better, like we saw him, he could have just huge numbers. I could see him breaking records. I mean, he already broke the single season rebounds record at Arkansas. I could see him doing that again. But again, those kind of stats probably aren't going to help him in the draft. I think what would help him is if he could improve his jump shot. If he could become a perimeter shooter, can he knock down some threes at a higher rate than I think he shot like 23%, something like that. That's not very good, especially on 71 or something attempts. Uh, if he could get to where he was like a 31, 32% three-point shooter on that kind of volume, then I think that would you know, help his draft stock. If he could become more of a rim protector, a guy who blocks shots more so than just drawing charges, I think that would help him as well. It just boils down to, does he think that he can develop those things better here at Arkansas? Or does he think that he's going to get a high enough draft grade where he can maybe get drafted in the back end of the first round or early second round and then develop that in the, at the NBA level? We've seen a couple of guys, the last two really good big men Arkansas have had left after two years, um, Daniel Gaffer and Bobby Portis. Both of those guys have continued to develop their games at the NBA level. I mean, Bobby Portis has developed it to like a bonafide three-point shooter. Uh, we saw glimpses of that, kind of like what we saw glimpses with uh, Jalen Williams. Could he do that, maybe develop at the, at the next level? I'm not sure. I, I, it, it's, it's definitely interesting. And uh, my, my one thing that makes me feel comfortable about this is I know Jalen Williams is going to make the best decision. He is a really smart kid. He's got a great support group. His parents are great. Uh, he's got Eric Musselman. He's going to listen to the staff. He's going to do what the right decision is. You don't have to worry about him making the wrong decision. So that, that, that gives me a little bit of peace of mind uh, as, as he goes through this process. All right. Well, on the topic of basketball decisions, let's go ahead and talk about Audis Tony. He's on his way out, signed with an agent. So he will not be returning to Arkansas next year. Alex Trader, Arkansas is losing another elite defender. Last year they lost Jalen Tate, and then this year they're going to lose Audis Tony. But, I mean, 
So just the impact of losing Tony, because that's a guy that you could have benefited benefited from this this next season. Um, but now you don't have that guy. You don't have that guy that can cut to the basket. So just what do you think about that? Yeah, I think come the end of the season, this one was was leaning more towards him leaving anyways. It would definitely have been nice to have him back if you're Eric Musselman, being able to build around a guy who, who does put that much of an emphasis on defense. Um, you talk about in the NFL a lot of times, or even in college football, having a lockdown corner is almost, I mean, it's one of the most valuable things you can have because it eliminates half the field. It, it can completely erase a player from the game. And that's what you saw a lot of times this year with Audis Tony was a guy who could eliminate the other team's best player. Um, the impact that that has on your team really can't be overstated. Uh, and he did have a career year at Arkansas. So, so he, he got, I think this was a mutual win out of the portal where you have a guy who comes in um, and, and is probably going to, going to have a chance to, to be drafted and stick in the NBA because of what he was able to show at Arkansas and Arkansas. I mean, I don't think they get to the elite eight without Audis Tony this year uh, uh, without pulling him out of the portal. So I think it is a big pickup. Um, and I think, you know, like Jalen Williams, Jalen Williams has to work a lot more on his offensive game, um, it, it, especially shooting like Hutch said, if he wants to, to necessarily find a place and stick in the NBA and, and also blocking shots, like you said. I think Audis Tony has a lot of those defensive fundamentals that are going to allow him some extra time to maybe develop into a consistent shooter or a consistent 3 and D type guy. Okay, so I, I think that a lot of people, the question that they're going to have is, what does Arkansas's roster look like now? And if you're if you're curious about that, you can go to hogbeat.com. Andrew Hutchinson has his tracking Arkansas's 2022-23 hoops roster. That is a uh, that is a story that you need to have a subscription for. But I'm I'm telling you, it is 100% worth the subscription, especially if you're a student. The student deal is. Um, it's a heck of a deal. So just email Hutch with your student email and uh, he will hook you up with that. It's Andrew Hutchinson, 413 at gmail.com. Um, but Hutch, let's, let's talk about the updated roster. I mean, you, you had to go through all that Wednesday. So um, tell us what, what you got so far for next season. So I think, uh, and this is assuming Jalen Williams comes back. They are at the 13 scholarship, 13 man scholarship limit for basketball. They could have room for another guy. If another player transfers, I mean, at this point, there's really not very many transfer possibilities left. I mean, maybe Jackson Robinson, maybe Kamani Johnson. Uh, although Kamani Johnson, I know has been very vocal, like on social media, uh, things like that. Um, as far as like, you know, looking forward to next year, unfinished business, th things of that nature. Uh, so I, I think Kamani Johnson may be back unless something unexpected happens. If he can find a better player, uh, then, then maybe so. Um, but I think they're set right now. But again, they are still actively pursuing transfers. By the, there is a good chance that by the time you are listening to this podcast or watching it on YouTube or however you, you consume it, there's another guy that is committed and it's going to be, this is going to be all out of date. But uh, if, if someone else does commit, that means somebody else is, is out, whether that be Jalen Williams going to the NBA or someone else transferring the obvious transfers, KK Robinson, Chance Moore and uh, Connor Vanover. Those have all happened. And the, the two twins from Rhode Island filled the open spot. So it, it 
right now they're set, but again, this is Eric Musselman we're talking about. He's, I don't know if the roster is ever 100% set with him. Okay. So, um, like I said, you can find that over at hogbeat.com. Andrew Hutchinson updating that as it goes. And uh, any more news on Arkansas basketball that you need is always going to be at hogbeat.com. That's the best place to get your Razorback coverage from Andrew Hutchinson, myself, and Alex Trader. And now Pete D'Alessandro, who's covering baseball, and he's doing a great job. So very excited to have him along as well. And uh, so I think we're good on basketball, unless you guys had anything else to add. I mean, it was a lot to hit. I feel like I might have forgot something. Hutch, are we good? Yeah, I think we've got all the main news. Of course, J.D. Note is also leaving. Um, I feel like we just kind of skipped right over that. But that, that one was a little less surprising just because he had such an incredible year. And we talk about things players could improve, like Jalen Williams by coming back. I'm not sure if there's really much J.D. Note could have done to improve his stock, especially uh, with as many weapons that are coming in, uh, like a Nick Smith, like a Anthony Black, those kind of guys. So not really surprising on that front. But I also did want to plug uh, Jackson Collier, J.C. Hoops, uh, is has a breakdown of the Mitchell Twins, kind of a scouting report on what they bring to the table. Uh, that By the time you're listening to that, this will be up on hogbeat.com. Go check that out if you want some more insight on the Twins from Rhode Island. Uh, uh, to see kind of what what they bring to the table for next year's team. Yeah, I always forget about JC because I don't see him like on a daily basis. So that's unfortunate. And I'm sorry, JC, please forgive me. Um, Hudge, this is something else that I want to ask before we wrap up basketball and send it over to football. Um, I have a lot of people who are trying to like make bets with me or convince me that JD Note is going to get drafted. And I feel like it's just another Mason Jones situation where, yes, he's a great player. He had a great season. I don't think he's going to get drafted. I'm not sure what you think, and I might sound like an idiot for saying that. I just can't see J.D. Note getting drafted as much as I think he's probably a top 60 player. No, I, I feel like you're right. I feel like you're exactly right that it's it's very similar to Mason Jones, although – I thought Mason Jones, again, I'm not an NBA expert by any means, so take this with a grain of salt. I thought Mason Jones' game was better prepared for the NBA than a J.D. Note. J.D. Note is six foot tall, and he really needs to be a point guard. I mean, there's one thing that he could work on developing if he did come back, and that would be developing as a true point guard. But again, with the guys coming in, I don't know if he would have gotten that opportunity. Uh, but if he could become a, a true point guard who distributes, then that would be great. He doesn't shoot at a particularly high percentage, but again, that could be because he shot just such a massive volume of shots. Uh, but I think his shooting percent, I think he ended up shooting around 30% from three. Yeah, that's not going to cut it in the NBA. I think he's going to play professional basketball somewhere, whether that be in the G League, and maybe he works his way up to get a cup of coffee in the N- NBA. Maybe that happens. Uh, or he goes overseas and, and goes that route. I mean, hey, Patrick Beverly did it. Patrick Beverly went overseas, had played for several years, and then all of a sudden, boom, he's one of the top names in the NBA, maybe for reasons you don't want to be, but he is a top name in the NBA. So uh, that's kind of how I see it. He's going to have to take the, the G League or overseas route to make his way to the NBA, I think. All right. Sounds good. Okay, let's go to football because we've got more football news. Spring football is in full swing, and we got some transfers we got to hit. We're going to do all that next here on the Hogbeat Hour. 
You're listening to The Hog Beat Hour with Andrew Hutchinson, Alex Trader, and Mason Choate on ESPN Arkansas on HitThatLine.com. Now, here's your host, Mason Choate. All right, we're back here on The Hog Beat Hour, the Hog Beat crew with you. Um, we got to talk about football. So Wednesday of this week, there were some transfers that announced they were going to uh, hit the portal. And I'm going to ask Alex first because Hutch always gets the VIP treatment. So we're going to let Alex answer a question first. Um, Alex, tell me your thoughts on Lucas Coley, backup quarterback, entering the transfer portal. Um, you got to think it probably has to do with the depth. I think they like this new guy that came in um, over the offseason. And then, of course, you still got KJ and Malik. Just what do you think about Lucas Coley hitting the portal? I think my biggest takeaway from this when I saw it was that the staff really needs to land a quarterback in 2023. Um, depending on the year KJ has, you may, you may have to have to go to plan B or, or Malik Hornsby, whatever that is next season. Um, and, and you're going to need a guy to come in and start to develop under Kendall Bryles and start to develop under those guys. So I think that's what, that's what I really picked up on is that, Hey, you can't, you can't, uh, you have to land a guy. You didn't take a guy in 2022. You have to land a guy and you have to land a pretty big name. Um, not necessarily like a top 100 recruit or a, even a top 250, but you need to land a guy that you feel comfortable with him. Because I think that was Lucas Coley was, hey, if we get into a situation where, you know, KJ is not able to play or Malik isn't there to back him up, um, we have a guy that we feel okay putting putting into the fire. And I think um, with him leaving, you, you definitely need to find that sooner rather than later. So are there any guys that you're looking at and you think Arkansas is kind of on their radar? Maybe just let the people know who don't fall recruiting super heavily, maybe some names to look out for. Yeah. So we have, we have our Arkansas football big board series going on. Um, the new cornerbacks one will drop uh, today as we're recording. So it'll be up by the time you're listening to this. Um, but for the quarterback position, we have it up. And, and some of the guys, I mean, the big names are Vic Sutton and, and Avery Johnson are really the two guys that Arkansas has been following for for most of the 2023 cycle so far. Um, and another guy who recently, you know, kind of came into the mix and is getting a lot of love from the staff is Malachi Singleton, who was a teammate of, of incoming wide receiver uh, Sam Bakke uh, down in Georgia. So I think you know, you're looking at a couple of those guys who maybe weren't primary options at the beginning, now starting to, to develop a little bit um, it, heading into their senior seasons. And I think you could see a shakeup at, uh, at who the staff is targeting there. All right. And also, Mateo Soli, defensive, defensive end for the Hogs. He enters the transfer portal his freshman year. I mean, he looked like he showed signs of being a guy that was going to, you know, produce at Arkansas. And so, it just didn't really happen. He enters the portal Wednesday, um, <clears throat> actually entered it Wednesday morning before Lucas Coley entered. But, Hutch, what do you think about this? It, it, it's unfortunate for Arkansas, especially considering the fact that defensive line was one of the, the position the position groups over the offseason that you're looking at and you're saying, well, this is where they need players. And it's not great that you have a guy leaving. Yeah, but honestly, and I hate to say this, it's not a huge loss for Arkansas from a depth perspective, just based on what we've seen from, from Soli the last couple of years, you mentioned he was a starter his freshman year that he would, he moved into the starting lineup after game one, or really honestly during game one, whenever uh, Dorian Gerald had the first of his many season ending injuries. Um, and so 
he he showed promise that year. Uh, didn't have a ton of stats, but he played a lot. And he was a guy that you think, okay, well, he played a lot as a freshman. He'll make a big jump as a sophomore and be really good by the time he's a junior. And he kind of regressed based on that. I mean, he, he didn't play a whole lot in Sam Pittman's first year. I think his, his snaps went like cut in half. And then last year he barely played like 65 total defensive snaps uh, as a junior. And he's going to be a senior this year. So honestly, the biggest surprise out of this whole deal is that he didn't transfer earlier, honestly. And I think maybe what kept him in it is that, you know, he, this is a guy who's a, a Razorback legacy. His dad, Junior Soli, played for the Razorbacks in the mid-90s, was an all-SEC defensive tackle, uh, got drafted in the NFL. Uh, this guy, he, he was a, a highly regarded four-star recruit. He got offered by a ton of big-time schools. I was looking over his offer sheet the other day, and, I mean, he had Alabama, Clemson, Florida, uh, so Notre Dame, I think, was on there. So, I mean, I, I don't know how many of those were committable offers, but he was getting recruited by all these big-time schools, and he chose to follow in his dad's footsteps and play at Arkansas. And you, you hate it when it doesn't work out, especially for a talented kid. It just, it just didn't. And on a, it, it may be that he just doesn't – he's not the right fit for Arkansas. He, Arkansas really likes these big defensive ends. I mean, think – you know, they, they brought in Landon Jackson from LSU. That's a big dude. Uh, they got Nico DeVillier from, from Maumelle that's committed coming in. He is a big defensive end. Uh, even the guys that they already have on campus are, are bigger. Like, they've got Eric Gregory, you know, a defensive end. They've got Zach Williams has, has bulked up and added weight. Uh, Mateo Soli looks a lot smaller than all those guys. And some teams need a guy like that, a defensive end. And it's just not Arkansas's system. And so it, it probably was a, a best-case scenario for everybody involved. He wasn't going to get to play at Arkansas. We saw him running with the third-team defense throughout spring ball, uh, the first, like, seven practices or whatever. And that was before Landon Jackson is not healthy yet. You figure he's going to be ahead of him. Nico DeVillier is not here on campus yet. And you also don't have uh, Jordan Dominic, the transfer from D uh, Georgia Tech here yet. So he was already running 13 with those three guys not on campus. He saw that he wasn't going to get to play. And so he's, he's going to move on, try to find a, a situation that works out for him. And uh, honestly, I wish him the best of luck because he's not one of those guys that kind of left you high and dry or whatever. He, he tried it his best and it just didn't work out and, uh, that's that's the kind of kid that the transfer portal is really made for is someone who needs to go find a uh, a new a new situation or a better situation for them all right well just looking at the content we got over at hogbeat.com you posted thursday morning hutch your updated uh projected depth chart midway through spring ball any big changes on there that people might be surprised about um, or is it just all kind of what, what you're expecting, what everybody should be expecting? Just kind of take us through that. Well, it depends on what you're kind of expecting. I know some people expected this, but it wasn't necessarily the case at the very start of spring ball. But the, the transfers that came in, uh, they all pretty much started out as second teamers. And a couple of them have already worked their way up into a starting role. To me, that's probably the biggest takeaway you know, Jaden Hazelwood, the transfer from, from Oklahoma, the wide receiver, uh, he's still running some with, with the second team, but he's, he's a guy that is also getting a lot of first-team reps. I think they're really counting on him being a dude for them this year. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, Dwight McLeathern, 
uh, from LSU, the cornerback, seems to have really solidified himself as one of the starting corners opposite of Hudson Clark. Uh, and then also uh, at linebacker, Drew Sanders. Uh, this may partially be because of Pooh Paul. He had a concussion in Saturday's scrimmage, and so he wasn't able to go through Tuesday's practice. But your starting linebackers on, on Tuesday were Bumper Pool and Drew Sanders. Um, even if uh, Paul comes back and maybe even if he starts ahead of Sanders, I feel like Sanders has kind of got himself in that three-man rotation, kind of like what we saw last year at linebacker, where two of either Poole, uh, Grant Morgan, or Hayden Henry were on the field at all times. I think your three guys this year are going to be Poole, Sanders, and Paul. I think those are, those are your guys. And then the other transfer that, that's still kind of on the second team right now is Latavius Brainy. Uh, he's been working a lot at safety. Uh, he's also a guy that they think could help him at nickel potentially. So they're still kind of shuffling guys around, cross-training, as they like to say, in the secondary. Uh, and so that, that's kind of the, the – my personally, my biggest takeaway from the updated depth chart is kind of where those uh, transfers have already kind of positioned themselves after seven practices of spring ball. Um, Alex, as far as recruiting goes, what about some visitors that are going to be on campus soon and maybe just update us on what you've been working on over at Hogbeat? Yeah, so um, I think Hutch has a list coming up or he's putting together a list of some guys who are going to be on campus. Um, one guy who we're hearing rumors of but haven't been able to confirm is, is a top quarterback. So I'm not quite going to say that name yet, but if he comes to campus, you're definitely going to see some content about it over at hogbeat.com. Um, right now, it's been big board season, the off season. There hasn't been too, too much going on uh, for Arkansas since that Carson Dean commitment. But we've got film breakdowns going up every week on the YouTube, which are also in story bodies at hogbeat.com. Um, if you're watching the podcast on the YouTube, uh, definitely subscribe if you haven't already. Um, but you should be seeing those videos coming through. Uh, we, we took a look last week at Shamar Easter as well, who I comp to a guy. I mean, it's, it's a lofty comparison, but he looks like, uh, at least against high school kids, he looks like Megatron out there. He's huge. He's able to catch. He's faster than all the kids, stronger. Um, really an impressive pickup and, and showing for Easter. But uh, beyond that, like I said, uh, the recruiting roundup every week and then uh, the, uh, the big boards are, are a big focus. And from what I've seen, you know, just searching through a couple different big boards, these are the most in-depth ones you're going to find. It has top targets, uh, guys that are offered, who else has offered them, uh, where they've visited, any notable information, as well as some guys who are offered, committed elsewhere, maybe on Flipwatch, um, just a bunch of, of, of you know, that kind of stuff that's helping to, to formulate what to look for in the 2023 class. Um, I definitely recommend you guys go take a look at those and we'll all be updating them as new information comes out throughout the, the, uh, the, the cycle. All right. So Hutch, you've been going out to practice throughout spring ball and you were there on Tuesday. You posted your observations and also video is available at the Hogbeat YouTube. So go check out the practice video if you want to see what's going on. Um, maybe give us some observations that you had on Tuesday or some overall observations that you've just been seeing throughout spring ball that maybe not everybody knows about. It's kind of the, almost the same question about the depth chart, but maybe just some things you've seen at practice that um, some people might not see if they're not there. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I think the one thing that a lot of people are talking about right now is, is Malik Hornsby getting some reps at wide receiver. I think we talked about this uh, last week a little bit. 
Um, but we did see after we recorded that podcast, I saw him in, in practice that day and he actually looks like he knew what he was doing out at wide receiver. He caught a couple of deep balls. He burns, uh, he beat Dwight McLeathern by a step and McLeathern probably interfered on the deep ball and Hornsby still found a way to pull it in. He also uh, beat Hudson Clark rather badly uh, and caught it easily for a deep ball completion from KJ Jefferson. Of course, my question, I'm, I'm really anxious to see how they look at Thursday's practice. Does, does Malik still get to do some wide receiver snaps or now that you have that lack of depth at quarterback with Coley leaving, can he afford to do that? I'm, I'm not sure. I, I think they'll be okay because they've been just doing first, second, and third team, and it's been Cade Fortin, the, the walk-on transfer from South Florida, and Coley kind of splitting reps with the threes. I think Fortin may just step in and be the guy with the third unit, and hopefully that means Malik Hornsby can keep developing as a wide receiver as well because I made a comment to another sports writer the other day. I said, man – I hope they actually stick with this and have a package in there because I think it could be really exciting. I think Malik Hornsby is a really good athlete, really, really fast, and they can be creative with it. And I, I'm really excited to see what they do in an actual game uh, with this because, again, I, I'm just really – I think it's just – it's so cool and, and different. Uh, so I, I, I hope that – that's probably been my number one thing I've been watching – during spring ball, it's, it's hard to get too terribly much from spring just because quarterbacks aren't live. You can't tackle. They rarely tackle to the ground. Uh, they're generally thudding up, as, as Sam Pittman likes to say, uh, without going to the ground. Uh, so it, it, it's, it's hard to pick up on some of that stuff, although I will mention one name I do want to get out there, a freshman, Rashad Dubinian at running back. Very, very impressed by what I've seen so far. He is really shifty he can he can cut on a dime as, as Sam Pittman said the other day he's just really good and and to me they have a legit four running backs that are capable in the SEC and Dominique Johnson who isn't gonna be able to practice this spring as he recovers from a minor uh, little off-season surgery uh, but he's he's legit we saw what he could do last year uh, I think AJ Green and Rocket Sanders, both of those guys have been running with the ones this spring. Those guys are legit. And I think Rashad Dominion is going to force them to give him some carries this year as a freshman. So that's the name to watch uh, as we move forward, uh, hopefully into fall camp and, and beyond. Yeah, I've been hearing a lot about Dominion from people um, within the program saying this guy, he's the real deal and he's going to play this fall. So that's good to hear from that. Um I think that's that's all I've got, Hutch. I think there was one more thing I just wanted to mention. You were talking about the Hornsby thing. You hope it sticks. It could be really cool. I just really hope that they don't limit it to, to just the double reverse and just throw it and it's an interception every time. But the good thing is, is that this isn't going to be a wide receiver throwing the ball. It's going to be a guy who plays quarterback. So hopefully that helps a little bit. But uh, that's something that has been frustrating for Razorback fans and people in the media just watching that happen over and over again uh one more thing that we forgot to mention arkansas has some new helmets uh, i think this has been a thing across college football uh we talked about it before the podcast but alex just go ahead and give your thoughts on it a lot of people are kind of mixed feelings on it they look weird but i, I i'm assuming that they're better for your head yeah you'd have to think so um 
it's the newest model for riddle, uh, riddle since um 2014 which is when the speed flex came out that's what i was using when i was in high school it is bentonville west had the speed flexes so um maybe just another new innovation there i'm not quite sure i mean you can clearly see the they look different i'm not quite sure what the what the differences are in terms of how well they protect your head where the different padding comes in what all that means um my i mean you don't want to base too much of it on looks because at the end of the day, the helmets aren't necessarily for um, the visual they're for protecting these kids heads as they uh, you know, as, as the concussion doctors like to generally say is it's a car crash over and over and over again, when you're playing football, if you're getting tackled. So um, that's the really important part is making sure that, that kids aren't having to deal with, with um, the after effects of concussions and, and constantly being run into like that. Um, I will say, though, I, I was listening to some media before and I heard Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud say that he likes the way this helmet feels better than than the speed flex that, that the quarterbacks and a lot of players are used to wearing before. So I'll be interested to see how K.J. feels about that. Who all is going to get these helmets? Are these for running backs as well as quarterbacks, as well as offensive linemen? Or are these maybe, you know, quarterback receiver helmets that are going to allow a, a little bit more? Uh, it looks like the peripheral vision's a little bit better. But uh, are these going to allow just for uh, skill guys to kind of get a little bit more of an edge at their position while also being better protected? Hutch, as the star high school wide receiver that you were, the All-State wide receiver, Andrew Hutchinson, what are your thoughts on these helmets? Well, uh, they would definitely protect me being safe over there on the sideline, not playing, uh, because that's that's where I was relegated to most of the time. Uh, but the helmets, they, they look weird. I, I think I made the comment to y'all that if – if the Razorback equipment account had tweeted his picture out on April 1st, I probably would have thought it was an April fool's joke, honestly, because they do look really weird. Now I will say uh, Alex did send us a picture of uh, a player actually wearing them. And it, it doesn't look as weird with it actually on a player's head, but just the picture of the helmet sitting on a table, it looks, it looks strange. It, it really does. It almost looks like the Razorback logo can kind of barely fit on it. Cause there's like the, the holes and like the design of the helmet. I don't know. You just have to go look it up at Razorback Equip uh, on Twitter. It, it's very strange. Uh, but again, if if that helps prevent concussions and helps keep players safe, then I am all for it. Uh, I think that's fantastic. I know some people make fun of the the players like during practice wearing those uh, like extra padding on their helmets or whatever to cut down concussions. But if if that cuts down concussions on in, in practice, then hey, go for it. I'm all for that. I, I definitely think that that's a, a great way to make sure this great sport survives till, you know, generations to come. So uh, if that's the case with this helmet, then then great. I'm, I'm all in favor. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us here on the Hogbeat Hour. If you want to check out any of the content at hogbeat.com, just go over there, subscribe to hogbeat.com, subscribe to the Hogbeat YouTube, and uh, all that stuff, you're going to get the best Razorback content you can get around, and that is all because of Andrew Hutchinson, Alex Trader, myself. Um, oh, yeah, I could plug the Diamond Hawks podcast. Anybody who wants to hear about baseball, go listen to the Diamond Hawks podcast. There's a reason we're not talking about baseball today on the Hogbeat Hour because we record on Thursdays, and by the time you listen to this, a game will have been played, so it wouldn't make sense. So 
That's the reason. If you want any baseball content, go listen to the Diamond Hogs podcast. That is myself and Robert Stewart. And uh, also go follow us on Twitter. Follow Andrew Hutchinson on Twitter. You'll get all the baseball content you need. We'll have the baseball scoreboard live on hogbeat.com for the games. Um, basically, any, any Arkansas baseball coverage, Hogbeat does it best. So that's baseball. And then any, any Arkansas coverage for anything, Hogbeat does it the best. It's just, it's just the best. So um, go to hogbeat.com. And thank you, everybody, for listening to the Hogbeat Hour.